welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and now we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. I'm Chris Reeves, independent college counselor, and I'm here with Joel Ford, school counselor at Connor High School in Hebron, Kentucky. With us today is Mike Piergowski, English teacher at Indian Hill High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, podcast producer and occasional contributing co-host, a true renaissance man. Mike is a reader, writer, producer, tennis coach, testing tutor, and all-around great guy. So, Chris, this is episode 25. Yeah, wow. I don't know what that gets us. Just... 25 episodes, but it's time for us to hit a a particular topic. Um, There are a lot of experts out there with all kinds of opinions, thoughts, and strategies. Anyone who Googles college essays is going to find our previous podcast guest and good friend, keep it calm, Ethan Sawyer, also known as the college essay guy. I know you're a fanboy, Chris, um, on the internet. He's got articles, videos, his own podcast, a couple of books. Uh, he's certainly a resource for thousands of students and hundreds of counselors, maybe more. He was pretty cool when we recorded in a hotel room in Louisville a couple of years ago. Uh, you know you know how I feel, Joel. Um, he not only provides terrific advice, practical resources that work. He's a great human. Uh, he just he truly wants to see everyone around him achieve. So anyway, like we you, you and I need to talk about college essays, and the topic is huge. In fact, we're going to break it down into two episodes. We'll focus on the college lens this episode. Then for the next, we'll hit the high school angle. But before we go into it, uh, I know you have some fun planned because I was kind of asking for it last time. I was hoping to have a little fun with everybody. Uh, what, do you, what do you got for our first set here? So we're going we're gonna to go away from the world of college admissions for just a couple of minutes. Um, you know, I got to thinking about it. We've been doing this podcast uh, when we record this, we're just a couple of weeks shy of three years now. Wow. Um, really? And, and it's, it's three years, buddy. Um, wow. okay. and it's time our listeners get to know their host just a little bit better. Um, and so we're going to have a segment called know your hosts. So <laughs> I've come up with just some different categories, some different characteristics. Um, and you and I are going to tell our listeners, um, our favorite things, um, so that they can get to know us a little bit better. Okay. Uh, okay. So sure. I, I will give you the category. You can respond first and then I will respond with my answer. Let's see how close, um, our characteristics are, how much we have in common, or if we just need to end our friendship right now. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So Mr. Reeves, question one, your favorite food, you know, I'm just craving a grilled chicken Caesar salad right now. You know, I, I don't know. Mm, that sounds good. And I would say, depending on my mood, I can always go for a good pizza or a good, nice, juicy steak. I also want a pizza. Well, there you go. A and little a bit steak. in common. All right. Yeah. Favorite color? Red. Maybe scarlet. Mm. I, I am very um, I'm very opinionated on this one. Purple. So okay. so it close. seems like most seems like most people tend to go red or blue. I like both. Put them together. All right. Your favorite animal? Any bird of prey. <laughs> Hawks. That's eagles. <laughs> any a raptor. Anything that kills. Yeah, I love raptors. Yeah, well, they're just fantastic birds. If I could legally own a koala bear or a chimpanzee, I think that would be the coolest thing ever. I think they're both really cute animals. Those are my two favorite animals. Don't koalas throw poop? Probably. And don't aren't chimpanzees like really stronger than you think? I'd be careful. Yeah, but your bird, gonna, <laughs> your bird of prey is going to your bird of prey is going to kill you. <laughs> Good point. All right. Next. Next. Favorite season? Fall. Winter. Summer. And I know I know I'm odd on that one. I like Probably. winter. Uh, our guest, 
who we'll mention in a minute, thumbs down on that one. Yeah. He's probably influenced by where he lives, though. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Ice cream flavor. I don't really do a lot of ice cream, but vanilla. I know. Mm. That's very vanilla to say vanilla. Mm. But there you go. Butter pecan or chocolate chip cookie dough? That's a good one, too. They're both great. Favorite television show? I have two. On TV, Jeopardy. Every night, if I can. And streaming, The Wire. Greatest greatest series ever made. Good. I can watch a, a I can watch Jeopardy pretty regularly too if I remember it's on. But nothing will stop me in my tracks like an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I watched one this morning before I before I came to do this. Favorite hobby? Hiking. Yeah, I, I yeah. could guess that for you. Yeah. Video games for me. Cool. Favorite movie. I'm cheating here. I'm giving you 12 hours, 13 almost. The Lord of the Rings extended version, all three movies. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's I pretty know. good. Mine, it depends on, on my mood, but I have some that are always on the list. Um, I'm, I like Star Wars, so Empire Strikes Back, best yep. of the Star Wars movies. Um, got a thumbs up from our guests. I also, River Runs Through It. That one always stops me in my tracks. Um, if I'm looking for a good sports movie, Hoosiers, um, somehow it's, it's, I don't know that it's the greatest movie, but Rudy, every time he runs out on the field, it still gets me, you know, and no, I know that no, no. when they hand, when they hand their jerseys in, the tears can come for me. Yeah, that's pretty good too. And the, the coach is telling them to like man up and the guy's like, I think I am coach. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Favorite also, flower. Also, wait, wait. Oh. Also, Apocalypse Now. Okay. I've always loved that movie. Gotcha. It's weird, Favorite flower. I like, I like a trillium and the columbine. Columbine's a great flower. Okay. I'm it's, so they're stupid. Good, they're good flowers on the trails. Like, it's not, you know, I'm not talking about something you buy at the store. You know, just seeing out wild. I love it. Right. I, I'm so stupid. I can't tell the difference in flowers. <laughs> like all I know is like red, white. Yeah. So I know what a tulip like, is because they look fake to me. Purple but flowers. Beyond, you like purple flowers do I, then? Do I purple like white fl flowers? Purple. Yeah, I like purple flowers. There you go. I really do. Um show you're currently binge watching. I just found the new Vikings series coming up. Hundred years after the old Viking series is over, now there's a whole new Viking series. Gotcha. So, love it. Here's my issue. Every time I log on to watch something, then they post like an advertisement for something else, and that piques my interest. And so then I start watching that. So I end up watching half of like lots of stuff, right? So right now, whether whether I get to the end of these or not, I'm, I'm trying to go back through The Mandalorian again because I got stopped Ooh, on that good. one. And I'm also watching Curb Your Enthusiasm because everyone says if you're a Seinfeld fan, you got to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. And so far, it cracks me up in the same way that Seinfeld does. So, um, favorite book? I have so many books. I'm, I'm adding something here in my brain just now. Of course, Lord of the Rings trilogy, but also the Kingsbridge series with Ken Follett. You do that like start, those. That starts with Pillars of the Earth. Yeah, those, those are good. We had yeah. two thumbs up from the art guest. Oh, it's great. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, my mine is non-negotiable. Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. You told I me. Have an, I have an autographed copy of it. Um, you, yeah. you told me many years ago this will change yeah. your life. You said that yes. to me yes. in our offices when we work together. I, I um, read most things that he comes out with. He's got a new book coming out that I need to get, but. It's it's non-negotiable. You know, our, you know, our connection to to Ken Follett, by the way, is that is that Jacques Steinberg, our one of our guests and friend of mine from before, and Furt, Eric Ferda, their publicist for their book is also Ken Follett's publicist. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon right there. That's right, baby. OK, favorite ba have... favorite band or singer. Oh, Rush. I already knew that one about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mine also pretty much a non-negotiable. There's two U2 or REM. Um, nice. Great, 
Great bands. I'm also into Foo Fighters right now. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Love Foo. Love the Foo, man. I just saw the new movie. It's horribly what? funny and gross and everything, but yeah. What? The Fighters of Foo. Yep. Favorite sports team? The Ohio State University Buckeyes. <laughs> I know it's obnoxious. Also, Bengals, Bengals and Reds. Yep. Cincinnati. Uh, close to Cincinnati here. Definitely Bengals and Reds. Uh, for me, anything Western Kentucky. Um, yeah. I would throw in Xavier. I've got a degree from Xavier. Um, I, I don't mind. I, you know, I'll watch them. They were on TV yesterday. I think they beat Seton Hall. So uh, any of those teams, I would I would cheer for. Dude, wait. Last night, I know this is people might listen to this years ahead. Last night, the first top six seeds lost in basketball yesterday. It's true. One through six. Including the University of Kentucky. Which I also like Kentucky, but all right, right. sorry. Anyway. Uh, favorite sport? Baseball. Maybe. We're in the middle of a <laughs> lockout right now. If there is a baseball season. Right. Uh, for me, honestly, I can watch any sport, but if it's a major sport, we're talking football or soccer. But I like all the I like all the minor sports. Uh, our guest just put Formula One. I am really into Formula One. That's a that's a Netflix series that I don't stop on. I can finish that series. The Drive nice. to Survive. Series. Very cool. Very Love cool. Formula One. Um, and then finally, just a couple of quick ones, Mr. Reeves, outside or inside? outside inside hot or cold hot cold <laughs> dog or cat dog both i've owned both so i'm i'm partial to both so based on all of that this may be our last episode of the get schooled podcast <laughs> yeah we're way too different it, it's a wonder we even worked together for two years <laughs> opposites <laughs> attract man isn't that what they say something like that so uh Hey, that's hopefully fun, man. For, that's fun, Joel. Thanks for thanks for doing that for everybody. Hopefully for our listeners, uh, you've now gotten a glimpse into your host. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we jump into read. No, we don't do this. This script's old. We come back into the college essay process um, and talking about college essays. But first, this reminder that Get Schooled by Reason Ford is part of the NACAC College Admissions Podcast Hub where you can find a variety of podcasts that delve into the world of college admissions. For instance, check out the College Essay Guy podcast with Ethan Sawyer. Did you know his college major was vocal performance at Northwestern? How would I know that his college major... I'm not... <laughs> I'm not as much of a fan as you are. <laughs> Do you know his favorite color? Do you know his favorite food? Has he got a secret ambition you can you can share with us? Oh, I I'll text him. Northwestern. <laughs> Come on. All right. Anyway, so anyway Ethan, what's, his, what, Joel, what's his podcast about? Is right. it just essay advice or what? Uh, Ethan, quote, aims to bring more ease, joy, purpose, and access to the college admission process by interviewing college admissions experts and distilling their advice into practical steps for college-bound students and their counselors, end quote. That's the College Essay Guy podcast, part of the NACAC College Admissions Podcast Hub. And with that, we will be right back. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where today we are finally, after two years, going to hit college essays. And boy, are we going to hit it. Back to back, left, right, left, double dose. Our first two-part series since Varsity Blues. I can practically hear our fans cheering. Wait. Yeah, I can. Probably tearing up like they're watching a Budweiser Clydesdale commercial. Let's get ready. Wait, that's trademark. Um, all right, then. Let's talk about college essays this week. Let's get some help from the college side. Joel, bring in our award-winning guest, will you? I'd love to. So our guest today is Ken Anselment, current VP for enrollment at Lawrence University in Wisconsin, and soon to be, and correct me if I'm wrong on the title, VP for enrollment management with RHB Consulting. Uh, he is also the host of the ALP, the Admissions Leadership Podcast, part of the NACAC Podcast Hub, 
Um, in fact, I think we advertised him on a previous episode. Uh, prior to that, he served in multiple leadership positions at Marquette University. Uh, he served as everything from a member of the board of his local YMCA, president of Wisconsin ACAC, committee member of NACAC, a former Little League baseball coach. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in marketing and English and a Master's of Arts in British and American literature, all from Marquette University. He has written articles about higher education. What has this guy not done? He's done a you lot. You want me to answer oh. that? Oh, and he was the 2021 John B. Muir Award winner at NACAC for the aforementioned The ALP Podcast. Ken, normally we joke that being on the Get Schooled Podcast will now be the highlight of your professional career. I can't even say that with a straight face. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's good. It's well, good. Welcome, though, and thanks for being here with us today. I'm, I'm really excited to be on this very special crossover episode of, of The Alp and uh and get schooled as as you quoted in a in a tweet a couple of weeks ago when two podcasts collide mm-hmm. right here yep yeah. we love it we it's love it. nuclear or nuclear actually nuclear. we probably should talk about <laughs> nuclear right now oh yeah no joke uh, thanks for the thanks for the introduction that's you can be my hype man anytime joel's good at that he's, he's usually in charge of our of our introductions of our internet because, stalking because yeah. he likes to stalk on linkedin yeah. uh, so look ken this is two-part series uh, about college essays we want to start with college perspective first as you heard yeah um, but we don't want like we're not this isn't a, a nuts and bolts approach like a how-to guide um, oh thank goodness because <laughs> you, you already had ethan sawyer on and uh that's the toughest of acts to follow when it comes oh. to this subject yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but any tips you thought would throw out is great. Um, but we we're, we're looking more at the intangibles, and mm-hmm. in, particularly just in terms of like the review processes mm. that are that are involved with with this. We don't have a, a ton of like content to to spew out at our listeners like we normally do. Uh, we want, want to discuss this, and we have a lot of questions. We're hoping you can answer. You can help us with. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. So when you're when you're getting ready to read an essay, all right, and and th- for our listeners thinking about 500 words or the the 250 to 650 that that you see in the common app, is there anything that you do on the college side to get to get ready for the process of starting to read these essays? Mm. Like, what's the prep? Are you talking about what I do personally, or maybe what we do as a team? A little bit of both. Yes. Both. I'd love to hear <laughs> yeah. both of that. Yeah, no, that's and. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, keep in mind, I've, I've been at uh, Lawrence as long as uh, the students that are getting admitted this year have been alive, which is to say, well, speaking of the high school to college transition. So I've been there. I've been at one institution for 18 years, so I can't speak broadly about other places. Sure. With all of that preamble out of the way, um, you know, one of the things we'll do is kind of recalibrate our reading as a team um, at Lawrence. We do because we're a place that has a lot of writing across our curriculum. We want to make sure that students have the chops. But for us, the the essay is um, it's a piece, but it's not one of those deal maker, deal breaker pieces for us. Um, but partly what we're looking for uh, is train what we do with the team is train them on evaluating students on a couple of pieces when it comes to their writing. One is style and one is story. Um, because you'll have some students that tell a really compelling story and, and maybe you're still developing their talents when it comes to style. Totally fine. Um, we're not looking for perfect. What we're looking for is potential. Um, and so we'll go through exercises where we're helping, uh, helping the counseling staff kind of calibrate. What does a, what does a two look like? What does a four look like? What does a five look like? Knowing that there's going to be, it's always subjective. Um, but the kind of things that, that we're looking, we're looking for, um, in, in students readiness to be successful at the institution. I myself go through a bit of a cleanse um, for writing, which is I try not to read a whole lot of stuff before the um, uh, before the season starts, just because uh, you got to got to keep your mind clear for uh, uh, what you're going to be what you're going to be seeing once you get into into reading. Having said all that, 
they don't let me read essays all that much anymore because, uh, you know, VPs for enrollment have to spend all their time with uh, the rest of the campus community. So I, I dive in and usually we'll do second reads um, at this point when students may be uh, heading to committee. So will you explain a couple things? You said uh, for the listeners and maybe maybe for me, I'll just pretend like it's not for me, like that I already know the answer. Sure. Kind of. But you said a two, a four, or a five. So is that within your scoring system when you're evaluating applicants? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry, I went way inside baseball. But yeah, we'll score we'll score essays on a scale of one to five. Um, and we'll do it on the writing part, or I'm, I'm sorry, on the style part and on the story part. Um, just to... Just to uh, have, I mean, admissions folks, we love to have quantifiable things. And so that gives us some scores that we can, we can track. And, and it turns out that it's pretty correlative with writing success once students get, get to the institution. That's very cool. And, you know, so your school focuses a lot on, on being able to read and write. (laughs) Oddly. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's, I don't think writing, like good writing, is always always like a is in the forefront as much with with some schools. Yeah, well, we've got a particularly tough first two uh, courses. Uh, so Lawrence is a trimester school, so three ten week terms. But in the first and second uh, trimester, students take first year studies, and it is uh, it's a, it's a stiff march. So I mean, they're they're getting hit with Plato's Republic uh right in the first term yeah um so speed of 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 getting through the the reading is important but we can't really evaluate that on an essay but um students have an essay coming once every two weeks in that first first term and so it's you know kind of helping to make sure that if we've got some students who might be still growing and developing as writers and to some degree every single one of them is uh, we also let our folks in the Center for Academic Success know about students who we might want to keep an eye on, do some proactive outreach to for uh, coming to the Writing Center on campus, just to make sure that they've they've got every opportunity to to, to um, be successful along with their classmates. That's that's awesome. So, for example, somebody maybe who scores a two in style, a five in story, somebody you really like, like to have at your university, that's right. could use some support. Yep. Do you yep. get? Do you have any? How often do you see a five five? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, we, we don't, we don't force it to, uh, to a curve or anything like that. I mean, if, if it's a, if it's a, if it's an essay that makes the skies open and the angels sing and, and it's written in a pristine fashion, yeah, we're not going to hold back on a five, five. And if so you're going to ask me for an example of an essay that did that, I, I have the worst performance anxiety when it comes to that question. People say, well, tell me about the best essay you've ever read. And it's, it, it's sort of like picking your favorite child. Um, it's a question I often walk away from. Yeah, picking my favorite child is easy. It's the youngest. The nice. Know. I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's Chris no, Reeves, uh, P.O. Box. No. <laughs> said she knows. Um, well, then this is something I think this is more in line with with something that Joel's had a recent experience with, as you know, but average <laughs> reading time <laughs> on an essay. And it's not we're not there's no judgment on our end. Like if, if you're good mm-hmm. at it and you can do it quickly, we do understand that. But we but our listeners, especially students and families, maybe need to know. Uh, and, and I don't know if your school would be indicative of the whole population. Yeah. I know you're speaking from one lens. But, but average reading time for a student's essay. Average reading time for a student's essay. That'll be the, probably the, the longest piece of a read. But if you figure that it takes about 15 minutes or so to read through an application, I'd say you're probably spending a third of that time, math, okay. five minutes, uh, on the essay. But of course, it'll depend on a couple of things, which will be the length and complexity of the student's essay. And also we all read at different speeds and and we all read in different ways. Some folks are great scanners. Other people uh, like me actually hear the words in their head um, and hear different voices. I mean, the voice of the writer, (laughs) to to be clear. That's another episode. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, That, 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 that is a different podcast. Should I, should I actually answer all the voices in my head? (laughs) Um, But no, it's, so I, I, I think it's tough to say that there's, there's a monolithic pacing for folks. 
Um, but, you know, uh, and it also will depend on the level of selectivity of the institution and the purpose that they're using the essay for. Um, go, go ahead. So in that, that leads to, to kind of the next thought. So in that five minutes, mm-hmm. let's say, what are you looking for? Like, what are you trying to, what are you gleaning out of that essay in five minutes? What do you, what are you trying to find out about that applicant? Well, I mean, just to get to basics, the rest of the story, I know I sound like Paul Harvey, and I realize by saying that I have now dated myself. Um, you know, the, the older demographic in your in your group knows exactly who I'm talking about. Everybody's like, Paul, who? Um, but it's the things that the numbers don't tell you. And, um, you know, the so for starters, did they answer the question? Um, and if you choose topic of your choice, the answer is always yes. Um, but, you know, do, do the students actually work to uh, make an argument if they're trying to make an argument? I think for me, and whenever I'm doing essay writing workshops, I I always encourage folks to prove their point. Um, my friend Tom Golden would always say, we, we used to do essay workshops together. He'd say, you know, you may be a creative person, but just like your calc teacher, I'm going to ask you to show the work. Um, so it's one thing to say your X or Y, but give us details. Give us, give us some texture. Um, I, I hate the term meat on the bones. We've changed it to tofu on the stick at Lawrence because, you know, we want to be a vegetarian about it, nice. but yeah, tofu on the stick. But you know, how, how well do students make their, uh, make the story they're trying to tell come to life? It's not a performance though. I think there's this there's so much pressure on students, especially if they're coming from, you know, the schools that send students off to the usual suspects that it has to be this pristine, polished piece of prose. And that's sorry for all the alliteration here. Thank goodness. I have the spit screen in front of my mic, (laughs) but you know, I, the word authenticity, I think is overused, but um, in the essay, that's something that well, I don't want to use the Supreme Court uh, parallel, but you know it when you see it, if you know what I mean. Right. I, it's. I think it's hard to on our end. I think it's hard to teach as well. And this this gets mm. maybe a little bit into to the kind of next episode in a sense from the high school. Yeah, but I'm side. interested in hearing it. Yeah. Well, reflection and insight. Mm-hmm. I think, and maybe I'm looking for confirmation from you in a sense, but. One of the big mistakes I feel like students will make is that they'll spend 600 words telling a story mm-hmm. and then it ends with, and now I'm more responsible. And yeah. Right. Tidy you got finish. This, you got this short 50 lesson. words on the why we care. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. The, being able to, to, to teach and try to get students to maybe it is proving the point. Like, why did I write this story? Mm-hmm. But reflection and insight, I think goes a long way. I agree. And I would also say, even if it's open-ended, you know, it, the, I think there's this, here's, and here's what I learned. Here's the valuable lesson I took away, which is, which is nice. But I, I also will respect the one who's like, I'm still figuring this out. Um, I don't have all the answers. That's why I'm going to college. Um, sure. and, and the other thing I think we, the readers and, and, you know, send this along to your, your listeners. I think we need to approach this with some humility I, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, I think there's a lot of sense about the authority and 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 decision making that that we have in, in college admission. But, you know, I think approaching it with the humility that the, these students are they're 17, 18, they they're they're still kind of getting wired up for adulthood, and and we need to recognize that you know they don't write like we do, at least not yet. And so there's, I think, forgiveness, um, empathy, uh, all of these things that we need to bring to the process as, as readers. Now, again, I say that as an, at an institution where, you know, we're not uber selective. Uh, and so, you know, I think we can probably afford to be more graceful. And that's not to say that my colleagues at highly selective institutions are not more graceful, but I think the task is a little bit different. And, and I think I learned that, gosh, I'm rambling here, but I, you started to allude to it um, earlier. I learned incredible empathy from my colleagues at hyper-selective institutions um, by going through the national merit review process right? and just seeing, I mean, A, the volume of ridiculously amazing essays that we get there, um, but also seeing just 
a cross section of the country and how highly prepared some folks are to write uh, college level essays and how underprepared some folks are too. And, and it really gives you a, I don't know, uh, come back to that humility piece, but, and empathy, trying to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the, of the person who's writing that essay and what their story is. Good gravy. That was no, a I, long walk in the desert. I, I apologize. No, it's, no, it's, no, I appreciate that greatly because is, is, is empathetic is, is admissions officers need to be, if they have a task where you, you, really only can admit five percent of the applicants i can't imagine it's just it's not you know oh poor me you know i'm not saying that for for those schools Uh but i'm just saying it is a difficult task that's right and 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 it's more than the essay um yeah but and and the bias and that sort of process has to be more towards no there's a more there's a more negative bend to it um and again, I, I, I only know that by virtue of having this keyhole into the, the national merit process where, you know, you could take any one of these students and say, yeah, I, I want them all at my institution. Oh, right. So many but you've got to whittle it down and whittle it down. And that's that's brutal. <laughs> that's that's really hard. Yeah. And I'm trying to help students understand because, you know, at this point in the year where we're recording this, you know, we're getting a lot of no's along with yeah. some, some yeses. Yeah. And it it's crushing. Yeah, uh, because you know you're you're teaching students this. I know authenticity isn't the only word, but but uh, vulnerability yes. essentially is better. So be vulnerable. Thank put you. Put yourself out there. Lay yourself on. Lay yourself out. Give it to the college. Here, here is me. Everything I've done. Mm. Everything I am. Here's my most vulnerable vulnerable moments potentially in an essay. Mm-hmm. Now judge me, and they, <laughs> and they, and they will. Yeah, and they will. And, and it's it's very, very hard, no matter how many times you say, no matter how many times you teach a kid to look at the common data set to see, you know, their chances are slim, no matter how many times you show them the Dumb and Dumber video, like, you're telling me there's a chance. Right. You know, it's, it's still, <laughs> it still stings. And they're yeah. really laying themselves out there, which yeah. is what I'm coaching people to do on essays. I want them to lay themselves out there. Yeah. But it's, it's difficult. Well, and to do that and then not be quote, rewarded for it in the way that maybe they had hoped can be yeah. dispiriting. Um, you know, the, the, and, and for some, and you see this certainly on your side more than, than I do, but you know, it can be a, a, a make or break moment for a person at a really critical time in their lives. Oh yeah. I've, I have one right now. Um, yeah. it's, I don't even want to talk about it cause it would be too identifiable. So I'm going to move to the next question, which is, I, for can, a, I, can, can I, can oh, I sorry, add something? Yes, what, one thing though, that I think we've learned that I think we knew, but we didn't know until we started doing this and that, that we communicate to our kids as well is there are, there are institutional goals and factors at play that, that, that maybe where it, it's not a commentary on the, on our student at all. Oh gosh, um, no. Yeah. You know, and, and so teaching them that, yeah, it's a no, but it, it may be about something. It, it's not necessarily a comment on you, the student. Yeah. No, you know? um, it's, it's more about are, somebody else. And there yeah. are plenty of great places where it, it will be a yes. Oh, for sure. You know, so. Still stings. Still yeah. stings a little bit. You tell them that. They get it intellectually, but emotionally it's difficult. Right. Uh, for So for test optional, you know, I, I don't know. I apologize for not knowing about Lawrence or where you are on, on that. But how much more important did the essay get when more and more schools went to test optional? Yeah. Well, we were um, – we, we've been test optional for a while. We did it before the cool kids caught right. on. Sure. Um, we went test optional back in 2005. So for the nice. class we admitted for 2006. Um yeah, although you know we didn't do something like, well, now let's put more weight on the essay, gotcha. or ask for supplemental pieces. Um, you know, we were still getting test scores from seventy five percent of the of the students. I think what we ended up finding is that, you know, for for the twenty five percent who didn't, it was fine because it was just one one less thing to worry about against a backdrop of a whole bunch of other pieces of evidence that su- suggested the student was more than ready 
for the institution, but it had a test score that maybe wasn't in line with the rest of that. Um, so for us, sure, in the absence of a piece of, of the application, you'll look at other things a little bit more carefully, but it's not like we weight it more heavily in that process. Okay. It's still pretty level across the board. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing... I wouldn't mind seeing that as part of like the next state of college admissions report from NACAC. Um, as far as across the board, if if weights have been changed in some yeah. way. Yeah, you know, I it, it it probably will all depend too on you know whether a college has a formula or an algorithm that they have built for scholarships or financial aid indices or anything that they may use. If the essay is a component of that, and if the test is a component of that, you probably have to reweight things in that sort of an environment. Right. So it'll, it'll depend on the school. Turn we on. Know. Yeah, we, this is a, this is a fun, this is a little more fun in a, in a way. Joel, you do it. What's a turn off? What are things that just you, you pick it up, you start reading, you start groaning? And it's just not effective. Yeah. Um, I, I remember working with a student at one of the schools here in, in Appleton who, um, here was the turnoff. So he had already figured out the world um, and uh, was going to show us, I forget exactly what it was that he was talking about, but he took a major world issue um, and, and I think solved it for us. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, good for you. Um, and, and I, I, I tried to gently point out why, um, it's problematic for a wealthy, uh, white kid to opine on, uh, the economics of some developing nations. Uh, and he just wasn't listening to me about that. So, you know, I think there is, uh, for, I think a lot of students get coached out of, um, leaning too much on their privilege. Um, but when you get some students that are completely uh, unaware of how they may be coming across with that sort of a tone, uh, that, that's a non-starter. I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for any other colleague, but, uh, but for me, that, that, that sort of uh, cultural insensitivity is, is a no-go for me. Sure. I, mean, um, there, I wrote down the word oblivious. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with cursing. I think that's fine if it serves a purpose. Uh, but if it's there just to, uh, uh, you know, get attention, I'm probably less, less excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is a, is a, is a turnoff, a five part, uh, you know, the, the five part essay with the uh, introductory paragraph and a thesis statement and three supporting paragraphs, each Ooh. with a topic sentence at the top mm -hmm. and then a concluding paragraph, tidily summarizing the foregoing three paragraphs. I'm not a big fan of those either. Are there are there certain topics like the I had a sports injury and now yeah. I'm. I think that the, the two things I'll often advise students to stay away from, and you probably do the same thing yourself, is a blown ACL um, or any sort of sports injury and the mission trip that made you grateful for everything that you have in your life. Um, a, if you choose those subjects, know that that is a well-worn path and you're going to probably want to take a, a different approach to it. Um, or, or B, uh, know that the, the ending is often uh, not a surprise to any one of us. So, yeah, I, I, I would, I would say that I, <laughs> your insight better be remarkable uh -huh. if you choose a topic that common. That's right. That's uh, right. No, I, but I at the same time, if that is the, if that is the essential piece of that student's identity, I can't tell them not to do that either. I mean, if there's a, but, but you're right, Chris, I think it's the, it's gotta be a, a unique insight i've had i mean I've, I've read more bad than good but i've read a couple of good acl essays and i've read a couple of good mission trip essays but yeah no that's those those i like the way you put that a a well-worn path i might start using that okay tread, phrase tread I, carefully yeah yeah for for sure um are there are there things that have to be in in an essay that that are like non-negotiables hmm no i don't want to presuppose that my view of what needs to be in an essay is the is the standard um words i think are, are good things to have in essays 
Um, <laughs> uh, Punctuation. I mean, I, yeah, I would go there. Uh, sentences and paragraphs are, are generally welcome as well. But I, I'm being I'm being cutesy. No, I I don't think so because to say that I think eliminates the opportunity for creativity that some students might have um, a, a different take on a, on a topic um, or a different, a different genre that they might use. Um, uh, if I would say, if you are, um, if you're a poet and you want to, if you want to use some of your poesy, uh, go for it. Um, the other piece of advice I'll sometimes use though with students is, you know, if you're a, if you're a serious person, do a serious essay. If you're a funny person, you can do funny. Um, if you're not a funny person, you know, college essay is probably not the place you want to test drive that funny writerly persona you've been wanting to take out for a spin. Maybe I try always, that I, I always follow that up. I always follow it up with, and, and you know why? Because because you're not funny. <laughs> well, that's just mean. But sometimes <laughs> tough love, you know. Said if no, if if you know if. You know, in teaching a sense, not like, yeah, hey, yeah. Joel, so, so it's, you're not. It's back, to, it's back to authenticity, though. Right. Ultimately. Right. Right. With the I, I've had to be careful with this advice, but writing with the voice that you've been writing with for your high school career. It's not, you know, don't don't try on Melville now or, or Hemingway, unless if you are Melville or Hemingway or Austin or uh, Angelou or whatever. But um. You know, I, I, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going down a, <laughs> I'm going down a path. But no, I, uh, I taught English and, and we can talk later about some of our favorite American literature. Oh, uh, Lord. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, I, I'm curious, you know, thinking about English teachers, mm-hmm. bless their hearts. Do you think sometimes I, I, I think sometimes that I, that I battle maybe isn't appropriate, but I'll just use that word kind of battle against trying to get their inputs to be not so conventional when they're helping their seniors work on their essays. Mm. You know, I've had very good writers who might, all the advice is removing their voice or making it sound like something a professor would love to read. Ugh. No. Do you, have you ever seen that? Um, I've never, I've never observed somebody giving that advice, but um I, you know, I, I don't see that as much in the essays that, that we're getting. Um, they're often, they're, they're, they seem to be a lot more raw, uh, and the pandemic may have something to do with that. Um, but, uh, now I'm not, Chris, I'm not seeing that that much. Cool. Good. Would you, so you, I mean, I'd rather have raw, I'm assuming yeah. you'd, you'd rather read raw mm-hmm. than polished. That uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to the voice piece, which is, right. you know, you may not know how you sound, you're still developing that voice, but staying more true to that rather than this, this formalized view of what good writing is supposed to look like, I think is okay. Um, and again, it's going to depend on the college because the stakes are higher at some places and the essays probably have to glide more towards perfection. But at most colleges out there, I mean, we know what the acceptance rates are across the are across the country. For most colleges, it, it helps us just get more of a flavor of, of, of who you are. And it's part of the whole. It's a part of the whole. Have you ever come across one that you just know the kid didn't write? Yes. How fast <laughs> did you figure it out? First sentence, second sentence? Well, it'll depend on who, um, if you have some history with that student too. Like if um, you, you see other pieces of the writing, one way we can find that out is, um, so we have a second, darn it, sorry. Uh, we're, we're, we have a supplemental essay, but we try to make it easy That's on okay. students. That's um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the unimaginative, why Lawrence? But where we add the imagination is to say, it's a short question, looking for a short answer, 47 well-chosen words, give or take a few, we'll do the trick. Cool. Um, And you'll see sometimes some uh, uh, dissonance between the voice in that essay and the voice in the Common App essay, which may just be a reflection of process. But if the the diction in the the standard essay is so drastically different from the the short essay that we ask them to write, you, you start to the question mark floats over your head. I have, 
I was going to throw some things at you that I did a little. I finally found this post, Joel, that I was looking for for the past couple of weeks. It's, yeah, it's about I couldn't different. Find it. I'm it's glad about you different. Did. It's about different topics. Hmm. And I don't know. It, it comes from it comes from New York Times. Uh, it's maybe a few years old, but basically it was kind of like they use California schools and they found base. They found essay topics students chose and linked that to their self-reported income. Oh, wow. So <laughs> if you looked, uh, so essay topics, for example, uh, economic and material insecurity. So, you know, throwing, you know, lumping all of those essays in together, reported incomes were in the $40,000 range. Yeah. And, and that ended up being, you know, a, a topic, a common topic um, in, in that income range. Abuse Essays about abuse. It was in the sixty high fifty like fifty eight thousand dollar average range. Wow. Um, other categories of topics, and these just kind of increase with. So so the the income self reported income increases as I run through these lists with you. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear where this goes. Domestic instability mm-hmm. was in the mid sixties. Immigration mid seventies. Time scheduling pressures mid eighties. Death, mid 80s. Mental wellness, you're starting to get up there in income, mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Physical health, ability, mid 90s. Uh, essay about academics is about 100,000. Discrimination stereotypes, um, 100,000. Emotions, relationships, about 100,000. And then it really jumps. Uh, essays about sports, way higher, $125,000 reported income. Essays about failure at $140,000 reported income. And then, and then this won't be a surprise, but travel essays about travel is, is the highest. And I'm not saying that any one of these topics wouldn't be great topics for people to write about, but it's really interesting in this research to see, huh, that's, these are the types of environments students are living in leading to these, to these topics. I'd, so just with that short description, I'm wondering how that resonates with you. A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean to hear it tagged to uh, that's that's a fascinating study. Um, can you send that to me? I'd love absolutely. to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to read that. Um, the uh, but that that lands that 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 lands that as you were describing some of these too, I was also thinking about and who's working on the essay. At what level do, do, do um, other adults uh, enter into the fray for shaping that essay? I, I totally agree. I mean, I do. I have my own business as well, independent. I work in schools, but I'm also independent after retiring. And clearly, I tend to work with people who have income. Mm-hmm. And the topics, you know, you talk about the, the issue earlier with that student from the, the local student. Um, not understanding their privilege mm-hmm. and like i i deal with that a lot like i think i've used the phrase and i feel like it falls on deaf ears sometimes but like you are not like the white savior Mm-mm. and and to act like that in your essay and then like Mm-mm. it's like never been discussed before like they're just like deer in headlights like what do you right. what, what, what do you mean, mean? I, I do i do good things for people you know <laughs> i volunteered 20 hours last year for crying out loud you know <laughs> Right. Like, so, so I, 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 this resonated with me too, as yeah. far as topics and topics that are, that are brought to me. Mm. We have a final, a final question and actually a little fun that you might appreciate, especially knowing your background in, 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 in writing. Uh, so a student sits down, blank piece of paper or a blank screen. What advice would you give them to get started in the process? Oh, yeah. Um, the blank screen, the, the uh, I often talk about the tyranny of the blinking cursor. You know, it's just like <laughs> right. on the blank screen. Come on, pal. Let's get writing. We have places to go. You have <laughs> wonderful wisdom. Where is it? Um, I will. Uh, I encourage brute force. Uh, just start. I'm going to sound like Dory, but just start writing. Just start writing. Um, I, I find that free writing is is a great tool. Um, and maybe not on the topic that you want to write, because sometimes that can bind you up so much as a writer feeling like you got to get it right. But we don't usually think in 
sentences <laughs> or, or paragraphs. And sure. sometimes the best thing you can do is give somebody a prompt on a different topic. Um, I'll tell them, I'll, I'll usually have them envision a happy place or something and then go through all five of the senses in that place and just kind of do a thought exercise on that. And then give yourself two minutes just to write whatever comes into your head. No editing, no backspacing. Uh, don't even think, just keep writing. And sometimes it's just the brute force of getting out of your head and onto the screen um, can help help clear the path. We keep talking about paths. Uh, clear the path for the writing that you need to do. Awesome. Ethan would probably say log into his pre-writing exercises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I have this idea that just hasn't hit yet, but I'm getting close. I want to do a whole year of journaling with juniors. Mm. And mm -hmm. just give them a journal topic once a week and just have them journal all year long. And, and then when the time comes, the first topic I had thrown out there was, I mean, of course, this isn't the blank screen thing. This is the year ahead. But like, what are the conversations like at home about college? Mm -hmm. Boom. Take three to five minutes, do a journal. Another mm -hmm. week later, more topics, more topics. So That's a great idea. You, no could turn that, you could probably turn that into a text that you could sell. Oh, right. I yeah. mean, yeah, just as a companion, like, a you know, the year before you have to write your essay, here's a question to think of for right. this week and write about. You know, my biggest, my biggest dad thing at home, it's my biggest dad statement I use. No one listens to me. No one. I just walk around the house just yelling like no one, no one listens to me. I thought I was the only one that did that. <laughs> right. Here, here we go. Hey, Joel, do you want to, do you want to run through some of these, the little, little fun stuff we put in here? Yeah. <laughs> Some of these crack me up, actually. So I, I well, don't really well, what know. are they? What are they? <clears throat> Apparently, this is a list you found of actual analogies used by high school students in English essays. Oh, yeah. Whew, some of these. Now, there's one that I'll have a comment on. Um, <laughs> these are ones that I found or these are ones that Chris found? These are I ones that found. Chris found. Okay. Not, not an essay students have written for me. I just found it on what we call the internet. Oh, but it was funny. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she tried to sing, it sounded like a walrus giving birth to farm equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Her eyes twinkled like the mustache of a man with a cold. <laughs> that actually is speaking as someone with a mustache. That actually is true. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair I, enough. I, this one made me laugh out loud. She was like a magnet, attractive from the back, repulsive from the front. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> a, a little judgy there. Uh-oh. Yeah, the ballerina rose gracefully on point and extended one slender leg behind her like a dog at a fire hydrant. <laughs> Good grief. These can't be real. She We're grew on him like... Oh, sorry, Joel. She grew on him like she was a colony of E. coli, and he was room temperature Canadian beef. <laughs> Come on. No, no, it was on the internet, so it has to be it true. It has be to true. be true. It must be true. It's in print, so she had him like a toenail stuck in a shag carpet. Again, oh. we're dating. We're dating ourselves, if you know what a shag carpet is, <laughs> or a toenail. I grew up with one. Oh well, I man, grew up with a toenail too, but. Um, and the last one, the lamp just sat there like an inanimate object. No, no fooling. I, I will I, say this, though, Chris, and I tell this story to students a lot, um, and it kind of just goes back to the authenticity piece. I was at a NACAC session years ago, and um, the presenter was talking about essay writing, and she started reading an essay from a student. And, you know, as funny as these are, and it, 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 as these are, and it wasn't this extreme, but you could tell the student was, had opened up a thesaurus and was just oh, yeah. trying to sound impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was to an Ivy League institution, if I remember correctly. And it just, you know, we asked, we asked before, was there anything that made you groan? The whole room at that session groaned listening to this. Yeah. Um, and, and so if we can see those coming. Yeah, if, if we've learned nothing else today, uh, to me, the, the word that keeps resonating in my head is just authenticity. Yep. Um, it's yep. okay to sound like you're 17 um, because you mm -hmm. are 17. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, 
you know, you know at the same time we have empathy for that kid too you know that's right like trying so hard to, to have something and just not right. really knowing the right way right so the um that, when you were ripping that. through those uh those analogies, I, 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 I want to get some of those because in the essay writing workshops, I'll usually have when I'm talking about, make sure you edit and revise your work. Um, and examples of where essays have gone wrong. Like, you know, in my sophomore year, I was abducted into the national honor society. Um, <laughs> like they have a van that they drive around and just pull people. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. there. I'm looking for a small liberal in new England. Um, <laughs> I know a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Lieberman comes to mind again. That, that just to date myself, but um, yeah, yeah. Guys, this has been fun. Yeah, let's um, we'll take a take a break, and we'll come back with our with our last our last little segment. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Chris, man, that was a lot of good stuff right there. I think it was. I just want to take a minute or two and just process what we've heard. Um, I, I know a big part of your independent workshop center around developing the admissions essays. So I'm really curious what your thoughts are just briefly after listening to, to our discussion with Ken. I feel I feel validated. I feel that a lot of the energy I put toward just having students tell their story. Uh, part of it for me is helping them find their story and then and then tell their story. But, you know, I feel like I've been coaching the way that's probably most effective for, for them and what the colleges want. You know, no matter how long I do this, I sometimes feel like, well, was that right? Am I, am, I, am I on point? Am I on the right lane? And um, he's awesome anyway. And this was going to be a really good episode. I, uh, you know, I feel, I feel really, I feel really good about just the direction we're headed and the advice, the advice we're giving kids. And, and I can't what wait they are for kids. Right. And I can't wait for part two when we, when we go back to the high school side, you know, I mean, obviously we both work in, in high schools and have that perspective and our guests will as well, but to be able to be able to just put both sides of this together um, I'm really looking forward to that next episode as well. Me too. Me too. Um, so, hey, Joel, let's hit our four, no wait, five lenses to address all types of listeners to this podcast. So if you are an independent or a school counselor, um, I had an experience a few weeks ago that allowed me to gain an in-person perspective on the college side of the review process. Um, I think most people on the high school side have some notion of what that process is like, uh, but, but being put into that situation myself was eye-opening and daunting, to say the least. Um, you know, I, don't, uh, I was thinking about it. I don't know that I want to make a full statement or recommendation until after our next episode with our high school guests, but I'll say this for now. Uh, take everything that Ken just talked about and absorb it. Uh, the review process can literally be a matter of a few minutes. Uh, so help your students craft an essay, um, you know, find that story, good writing, grab their attention, limit negatives and errors as much as possible. And the word I just keep coming back to, um, authenticity. Just tell your authentic story. 100%, 100%. If, you're, if you are at a university, I think this is a theme for almost every episode on Get Schooled, but it's simple. Be clear in your use of the essay and the expectations. Be honest about how it's used and, and even how much time you spend reviewing the essay, perhaps. Um, put it on the website. Talk about it in your informations, informational sessions. Uh, the, proce the process overall in college admissions is, is so confusing for families. So please, uh, for the sake of all that is holy, be clear and honest. That's what I ask. If you are a parent, I'm going to start with the obligatory. Do not write an essay for your child. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's continue with have your child have someone besides you read and critique, such as, I don't know, a teacher, maybe a counselor. Um, here's the thing. 
it's natural to want to help your child. I get it. I'm, I'm the parent of two. Chris, you're the parent of three. We get it. When my youngest wrote her essay for college, there were things about her essay that, that I might have wanted to change or enhance or critique. In doing that, though, I would have taken her voice away. Okay. My child is a STEM kid, and she is proud of it. She's a good writer, but she's a straightforward writer. Okay. She tells you what you need to know, and that's it. That's not my style, but who cares? I wouldn't change that quality about her for anything in the world. Um, and for what it's worth, she got into her first choice school, so it all worked out anyway. Uh, so let your child express themselves through their writing. That's really nice, Joel. Uh, Thanks. If, if you're a student, it's just, it is important to know what colleges want when it comes to an essay, but it's more important to be genuine. Uh, in our next episode, we will talk about the how of essay writing, but let me say two things right now. One, you don't need to strategize. On the contrary, you will be able to be yourself. Two, you will have a story. A lot of students think they don't have enough trauma to write a good essay, but trust me, we all, we all have a story. Teachers, especially language arts teachers, know that students will come to you for advice. Give the best advice you can, but take care that your voice doesn't seep into their essay. This is not a literary analysis. This is creative nonfiction, and the student's voice must be authentic, like Joel was saying. And as I always say, educate yourself. I use Ethan Sawyer's materials when I coach my juniors through their college essays, but there was a time when I didn't know his work existed. There are amazing resources to help you maximize your impact on students. You need to be aware of them. And with that, it's time to wind down this episode where we will finish up today with Chris's words of wisdom. Chris, what's the word of wisdom for today? First, some news. And, and this word of wisdom is maybe more about me, I suppose. But I appreciate everyone listening because like, I don't know if this is a lesson for me or for you, but this is what was going on in my mind. So here it goes. Um, I'm happy to announce that come August, I will be a papaw. Yeah. Yep. My, old, my oldest daughter will be giving birth to a baby girl. Um, it's really emotional because you see, like, I'm a stepfather of three, as you know, and I've never raised anyone younger than nine years old. Even my own children didn't know me as a father when they were young, but their children will always know me as a grandfather. It's exciting, but it's definitely a change. In fact, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask if they might even let me to have her for one day a week, and I've never changed a diaper. It's like I'm riding a bicycle, if, buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never I've still never done it. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if this is a word of wisdom for me. Like I said, using this platform to talk about my life. However, what I'm sharing with you all is recognizing that change comes in many ways. In the last two and a half years, I've lived in three houses, started a business, worked three jobs, retired, unretired, graduated two from college, one from high school, and I'm still seeking to find the stability and balance that, that I'm used to, uh, not to mention, I guess, a pandemic of sorts. So I, in me, like as a person, I tend to look ahead and not embrace the present sometimes. I tend to, I tend to look at change with apprehension. So maybe all of this life change recently has helped me gain resilience. Uh, so thanks for understanding. And perhaps some of you understand what I'm talking about. Maybe that's it. Change promotes resilience. Maybe that's the statement. Uh, and, and maybe that connects to writing essays after all. <laughs> you know, uh, Let's recognize the resilience in ourselves and celebrate that, why don't we? Good stuff. Now, are you are you going to be Papa? Yeah, that's my name, Papa. That's the title. I, they used to make fun of me because when I want to go to bed at nine thirty on a weeknight, they just say, "Okay, Papa." But now, I can actually just be a Papa. I think that's awesome. Thanks, that's man. awesome. That's good stuff. So remember, you can always listen to Get Schooled by Papa and Ford on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can follow us on Twitter at at GetSchool3, at AskMrReeves, and at the Mr. Ford, the MR4D, and on the internet at AskMrReeves.com slash GetSchooled. 
maybe I'll have a Pat Paul handle on Twitter coming up. Joel, nice. tell our listeners about our next episode, even though we have talked about it some. So for the next episode, uh, we are going to look at essays for part two, and we'll bring on one of our own Kentucky counselors, who is also an English teacher at the same time. I mean, not literally the same seconds, but he does both jobs in one day. Once famous for being a co-chair of a Kentucky ACAC subcommittee, our guest will be Derry Pickin from Kentucky Country Day School in Louisville, Kentucky. He's got a ton of personality and wit, so we look forward to spending time with him. We'll look into how essay writing is approached in high schools and how that aligns with what we discussed today. All of that next time on Get School. We'll see you then. expressed by the hosts of the Get Schooled by Reason for podcast are their own and are not necessarily representative of any groups or schools to which they belong.